What's the girls outside of the sororities? And they're like, this is Amazon. This is Tony Chappelle. This is David Letterman. And they go through all the whoever the designers <laughs> for all their clothes are. I, if David Letterman had a fashion line, I would be there. I would, I would be it first in line. Be bankrupt. It would, would it probably just be, just like, be like some shirts. Squares? I think it would be like some shirts and some pants and maybe a hat or something. Maybe a hat. I'd be like, this is the David Letterman collection, though. A beret. Did David Letterman wear a beret? David Letterman. I don't know. I just feel like there need to be... I feel like it's time for a beret to make a comeback, you know? Mm. In Mm. America. Yeah. In America. I don't know where berets are. I've got a political party that I think you would really like, Keisha. It's called the Black Panther Party. Uh... <laughs> just I don't know, just they're aesthetically. Not wearing, they're not wearing berets anymore. It's they, been decades. Oh, they don't do berets anymore. They've hung up know, the berets. They should. Like it was the seventies. All of the Black right. Panther uh, goings on I've heard about have been actors paid to pretend to be the Black Panthers. So I don't know. Right. Don't know. What's real Black <laughs> Panthers and what's were not? the paid were the paid actors wearing berets? We oh. don't know. <laughs> This one guy is wearing a beret, but I feel like it also might be for the for the photo. The fake, yeah. Who knows? Because it's like 50 um, years. But you know what? You can get one fake? for $13 on Amazon. <laughs> Ooh. Jeff Bezos wants your money. You know what isn't fake? Harley Quinn and all of her good friends. Oh, uh, okay. And so, the, and the adventure our, that they go our, on. So, so here's the thing. I've received That's some feedback. Real. I've received some feedback lately. That uh, uh-huh. a lot of new viewers to this show are put off by our very long tangents about unrelated things. And they get very frustrated uh-huh. that we don't circle back around to the movie more quickly than we do. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not going to be a dickhead about it. But, like, maybe we could just keep that in mind. Uh, That's <laughs> maybe. Next, that is your fault. It's 100%. not 100% my and fault. you know it. It's not Listen, 100% my fault. I'm just fault. saying, hopefully they never meet us in real life. Oh, yeah. hey, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take that personally, but anyway, Harley Quinn. But yes, uh, speaking of, hello, my name is Jackson the Turbo Kid McMurray. My name is Adeline Cannonball, but not the one that you're thinking of, McMurray. And my name is Keisha Flula was in this movie, Rose. (laughs) (laughs) And this is No Nerds Allowed. We don't really have a premise. We just hang out. We talk about a movie. And the movie this week is Suicide. Not, excuse me. Not Suicide. The Suicide Squad. Justin Timberlake came in and he said. How many times can we say suicide before Twitch is like, um, actually, you have to stop. uh, I don't know. (laughs) Red flag. (laughs) Justin Timberlake came in and he was like, add the the it's less clean the like from the social network the anyway. justin timberlake the justin that's timberlake. a great social network thank you i've got a lot of social reference. network jokes that i that i just sit on most of the time and he's but got a lot of i'm letting them free uh so uh, the suicide squad has had a rough history yeah i mean i don't know i've just i've been thinking about this movie a lot i watched it three times in the last three weeks just because I well, like it a lot. Spoiler alert, it's Man. really good. Yeah, because I watched it like opening day when it yeah. came out. And then I watched it again last week when I thought we were doing a podcast on it. Then it turns out we didn't. Uh, and then I watched it again today before we did the podcast this time. 
And like, you know, if I didn't like the movie that much, I probably would have just seen it the one time and been like, I remember it well enough. But this time I was like, I don't care. Like, I might as well. Like, it's a grand old time. And it's like, sincerely, it's the only time I can think of where like a movie studio made a movie and they did like a super bad job. And and we didn't like it. And then like four (laughs) years later, they were just like, what if we just tried to make that movie again and did a better job what if we just just did it one more time and this time we like just did good this time yeah we gave a shit about this one would it be better and it was better as it turns (laughs) out and like the the production process of the suicide squad is like because after suicide squad came out they were like we're gonna make another one obviously because it did pretty well uh, so they were like, David Ayer, David Ayer, come make your Suicide Squad movie. And he was like, hell yeah. And they were going to get like, I got to look up the Wikipedia. I should have had it up already. But there are a lot of wild things on the Wikipedia page about what they were trying to do for Suicide Squad 2. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, Which, one honestly, moment. Yeah, I, like I, the first Suicide Squad, I feel like, I mean, Suicide Squad not the Suicide Squad. Mm-mm-mm. A Which Suicide again, Squad. Out of all of the, my biggest critique is the name of a movie, because that's stupid. Infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> but the original one with like Cara Delevingne and Will Smith, it, it definitely, I think the biggest pitfall there, because I wasn't there for this episode, is that mm-hmm. like it was very much a, at the tail end of we're trying not to make weird things, so we're gonna do green evil woman villain. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we can't do anything weird. That's too weird. People aren't gonna like it. Yeah, I feel like the first, just to immediately compare it to this one, I feel like the first one, the pitfalls for it was that, at, like, it was made like Suicide Squad. Like, the point of a Suicide Squad movie is, like, everybody's gonna die. So we get to invite a bunch of weird characters and we're just gonna and they're just gonna die and you're like, great. But the original Suicide tries to like have its cake and eat it too, where they're like, everybody dies, but also nobody dies because the important people can't die and the people that you don't care about are gonna die immediately. So they just like introduce like three people and then kill them immediately, and then the people that we follow are all people that we like know, and then none of them are ever <laughs> in danger ever, you know? Uh, and I feel like this Suicide Squad does such a good job of, like, giving you both, but, like, not really telling you what's gonna happen still. Like, because, I mean, obviously, spoiler alerts for the new movie. Go watch it. It's very good. It's on HBO Max. But, like, you have that first squad, and they all just get fucking decimated <laughs> in that one yeah. scene, and they're all just fucking dead. But then we move on to the new crew of the people we are going to be following, and those people still are in danger. There are still stakes for those people. You still don't know if those people are just gonna drop dead at any second. And of course, they like kind of they stick around for much longer, of course, because we're developing them, and a lot a lot of them survive. But like people still just fucking die and just like get destroyed. And like there's like a, there's like tension of like oh something could happen to these people, and it's like really good. So okay, here's here's what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. David Ayer is like Suicide Squad two. Got it. And then he decided he'd rather not because everyone hated Suicide Squad so much. Yes, it was yes, like they did. the total Josh Trank thing where he was like, 
okay, I'm gonna not do that again. Gonna do something else instead. Can I go home? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Everybody so, hates me. Can I leave? <laughs> they they considered a bunch of people. People like Ruben Fletcher, Daniel Espinosa, David S. Goyer, like the classic like schlocky blockbuster kind of guys. Um, but uh, they were they really wanted Mel Gibson to direct. Suicide Squad 2. According to Wikipedia, uh, I, they've got a source. I'm Dang. not going to look into it right now, but they wanted Mel the Gibson. Warner Brothers? Um, but, uh, so they, they, like, go through a bunch of things. There was a moment where they thought Suicide Squad 2 was going to be about Harley Quinn, Jared Leto's Joker, uh, Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam, and Joe Manginello as Deathstroke. Like, just the four of them were going to be the team. And they were going to get up to some hijinks. I don't know. Um, and they're like, they go through like a few different directors who are like signed on until mm. James Gunn gets fired from Guardians of the Galaxy by Disney. And DC mm. is just like, James, James, Jimmy, Immediately. Jimmy, come here, come here, come here, Jimmy. No, here, come over here. And he was like, <laughs> apparently they, they offered him Superman first. And he was like, I don't think I want to do Superman. Cool. And they were like, how about um, you do whatever you want? And he was like, well, what about... Please, Jimmy, yeah. please. And he was like, so what about Suicide Squad? So they just, like, fully and completely, like, just trashed everything they had. They were like, yeah, you you go should, for it. Yeah, Like, you go for it, Jimmy. Like, <laughs> we, we are... They didn't wrestle with Jimmy. Rolling They're like, out. Just like, oh, just <laughs> yeah. do it. Old Suicide Squad, you know, in eighth grade, when she goes to the pool party... Old Suicide Squad is in a one-piece bathing suit, mm, mm. walked out the door, and everyone was wearing two pieces. And you're like, <laughs> oh, God, what my my movie is not what the people are wanting anymore, and I need to go home now. Yeah, and then yeah. she went home, and she changed into James Gunn, and now people are like, OMG, it's just like Guardians right. of the Galaxy, but I get to... Harley Quinn. <laughs> right, and like That's my what I said. my biggest That's what I did say. my biggest worry about this movie before I saw it was that like because like this is James Gunn's first movie since all that shit went down. Like for I mean I don't know I'm sure everybody choices, yeah. yeah like I'm sure everybody knows but just to be brief about it like James Gunn got like a whole bunch of his old tweets from ten years ago like brought up by some like conservative political commentator. And, like, as a direct result of James Gunn tweeting a lot of anti-Trump things, and some, I don't remember mm -hmm. who it was, but, like, some conservative politician was, like, gunning after him because he was one of the, like, Hollywood's run by pedophiles guys. Um, one of those. Yeah. Favorite. And, like, so Disney was just like, oh, yeah, we do see those tweets, so see you later, James Gunn, you're fired. Yeah. And everyone mm -hmm. lost their shit. And everyone wanted James Gunn so bad that instant. Mm -hmm. Like, it was this weird thing where it was, like, so immediately clear that, like, this wasn't, like, you know, Hollywood canceling James Gunn. It was, like, mm -hmm. just Disney. And, like, everybody else was, like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, we'll take him. Yeah. James Gunn, like, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and it's one of the situations that it was, like, of course the tweets are bad, but they're not, they're just, like, bad jokes edgy jokes yeah. that nobody yeah. would make nowadays well it's, and like the yeah, fact it's, that it's it, it's stuff from 10 years ago it's stuff he's apologized about before in the past before they got dredged up right and the fact that it was somebody specifically bringing them up just to be like 
I got you, idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And the fact yeah. that like Disney just falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And they've since then like come around again. And right. it's just like one of those examples of people like cancel culture. Yeah. Look at James Gunn. He got destroyed. And it's like, no, we all like kind of thought and like sat and like thought about that. <laughs> and we're like, no, that's stupid. We're all fine with James Gunn. You know, well, like it's just the fact that like speaking as someone who was 14, 10 years ago when, <laughs> when people were bringing it up like that, every single human being who is over the age of, of 12 is cancelable. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. Like, I would say there are some counselable twelve-year-olds in twenty ten. <laughs> guess what? You probably said something horrible. You're mm-hmm. lucky if you weren't allowed to have a, a social media account. Go look through everybody's uh, old Facebook. I've had to delete some horrible things. <laughs> They're not like were like slurs or anything. But I'm like, mm-hmm. this is bad. Nope, this is not how I think. <laughs> I don't I'm think like, this anymore. This Get is, it yeah. out of there. This is. I've learned because. Surprise! Coming out of the Bush era, people didn't have the greatest <laughs> takes on like p- like progressive thought processes. Yeah. So, all so this thanks, to say. Bush. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what I was getting around to was like my <laughs> biggest tricky. my biggest and like the thing that James Gunn has going for him more than a lot of people is that he seems like I don't know how to best express this, but he cares so deeply about his friends and like he seems like a person that people just naturally like respond to because like not only like the overlapping casts in so many of his projects but also like the fact that he like when he got like fired it was like instantly like the entire cast of Guardians of the Galaxy were like writing letters and like Dave Bautista threatened mm-hmm. to like quit the film industry and like everybody was like yeah. instantaneous. Um, but anyway. Dave Bautista's like, I'm gonna go into the woods and you're never gonna see me again. <laughs> right. Um, but like, and then it's, he didn't do it. Didn't do it. Uh, didn't. But like, I was so worried that he was gonna come into Suicide Squad. And you were going to watch the movie and you're going to be like, oh, my God. Like, he has such a chip on his shoulder. Like, like I was it's terrified. It's story. Yeah, I was it's terrified that Suicide Squad was going to come out and it was going to be all about, like, oh, like fucking Joker. Like, it was going to be like, oh, I people are so it. sensitive now. Like, why can't, you know, you can't say anything anymore. It's like the Suicide Squad. I was very worried that that was what was going to happen. But thankfully, <laughs> just reinforces James Gunn's a smart guy. Yeah. Just <laughs> knows what he's doing. Intelligent man. Like his yeah. actual character is yeah. that this movie is like fun and Good. lighthearted and has heart and yeah. oh, it's so like lighthearted, visually yeah. interesting. I mean, I do think that it is. I do think that like as we are like kind of like figuring out what we're gonna do with superheroes post Endgame. Like even right. I feel like that's even affected DC just because there's so many superhero movies. Like how do we? What is a superhero movie now? And I feel like I feel like we're getting dangerously close to being like we have your regular superhero movie. You have your kind of like funny superhero movie, like a la like Thor, Ragnarok, and like Guardians of the Galaxy. And then you have your gross out ones, which is Suicide Squad and Deadpool and all those. And like those are our three superhero movies, and that's what we have. We have the ones that are for adults and for thinking thirteen year olds, and then we have our regular ones, you know. And I do think that this movie does kind of stay out of that trap of being like, oh, here's the gritty 13-year-old, oh, blood, 
superhero movie because it has so much heart and so much lightheartedness in right. it. Like it's just like funny and silly sometimes. It's just, it's really good and it doesn't just like fall into one trope. And what's great is that it's not Guardians of the Galaxy again, because that was right. a fear that I had, that it was just going to be Guardians of the Galaxy again, a second time, one more time, <laughs> playing all the hits. Yeah, yeah. and well, that's one of the things that's fascinating is, like, you've got Idris Elba in this movie playing mm-hmm. a character who is basically indistinguishable from Will Smith's character in Suicide Squad. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and British, just- though. But British. British instead. And, and like it's Idris Elba, yeah. Yeah. And it's Knuckles. <laughs> so we can talk about that later. We're going to push that down the line. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, clearly when he was writing this script, he was, like, expecting for Will Smith to come back. And it didn't work out. But it's, like, fine. Like, it doesn't oh, yeah. bother you at all. Because, first of all... Idris Elba is, like, giving maybe his best performance in the last 10 years in this movie. It's which is not saying good. a lot because... Except for cats. Except, are, honestly, maybe true. But, like, Idris Elba is in this, like, Anthony Hopkins zone where he's just, like, infinitely admired and respected, but has... He can do no wrong, and so he continues to do wrong. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It seems like the only thing Idris Elba has been in, in the last 10 years are, like, horrible, awful blockbusters in which he seems very bored. And, like, (laughs) almost nothing else. You know, he had Beasts of No Nation, which he was great in. He had Molly's Game, which he was great in. And then, like, before that is just, like, Luther. And, like, like, him on The Office, you know? Like, he has a a small body of, like, really good performances under his belt, I feel like. It's weird. It's weird how much we all love Idris Elba. Well, and it's, this performance is so good, because you're absolutely right. It is just Will Smith's character again. Yeah. And, like, without, he doesn't feel like he falls into any racial stereotypes. He doesn't feel like he's falling into anything that Will Smith, like, set up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's all in that one scene between him and his daughter that, like, totally differentiates those characters, like, immediately. After that, you're like, oh, that's not Will Smith. We're doing something completely different. (laughs) Right. Because that scene where he, like, he, like, meets his daughter in jail and you're kind of like, okay... I know this story. He loves her, and so they're going to use him as a bargaining chip. But it's so much more, like, complicated than that, where he, like, has these complicated, like, struggles with his daughter, and he's kind of mad at her, and does, like, obviously they have a rocky relationship, and there's a strain on their relationship, and they just, like, yell at each other in the, in yeah. the prison. Like, they're mad at each other. They're having a fight. But then for him also to immediately turn around and be like, you can't just fucking threaten my daughter. Like, even, yeah. like, no matter whatever, whatever's going on, you can't be trying to threaten to kill my daughter. Like, <laughs> right. so it's just immediately a totally different character. And it's such a good performance. I was thinking a lot. Uh, we, I want to go back to the opening sequence because we kind of, you know, mm-hmm. skipped over it. I mean, you talked about it for a second, but then we went somewhere else. But anyway, Flula, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but like... I think it works really, really well, obviously. Because, like, first things first, all the advertising was very indiscriminate about which characters it, like, showed a lot of, which I thought was really smart. So, like, going into it, I mean, 
if you watch like all the trailers, you could like get a pretty good idea. You're like, okay, probably figure it out. Yeah, like, like probably Idris Elba. <laughs> right. Probably, yeah. Probably, but you're like, there's a lot of John Cena. Yeah, there's a lot of John Cena in this John one. John Cena was dead for sure. Like when they I just like write out the cast, I was like, oh, John Cena's gonna die immediately. But uh, no, yeah. when he like uh, is no, no, in the no. film and gives a really good performance. <laughs> right. Host well, Ferdinand Cena's <laughs> in it for the long haul. But yeah. Cena, but John Cena. Is extremely game. Can't see me. Like oh, yeah. John Cena is the kind of guy I think would show up in five mi- for five minutes in the Suicide Squad. Like he oh, seems absolutely. up for that yeah. to me. Uh, yeah, that's true. But anyway, like we talked, I think we've talked on the podcast before about um, Deadpool yeah. two and how much mm. they do like almost the same bit in Deadpool two, and it feels extremely bad. Like in Deadpool two, I like that bit. You do? I with Terry Crews, right? Yeah. Like okay, because I was trying to like figure out why it works here and why it doesn't work in Deadpool two, and I think like the thing about Deadpool two is that it feels like the movie is like, oh hey, check out all these toys. Don't you want these toys for you to play with? And you're like, hell yeah, I would love that. Bill Skarsgård, <laughs> Terry Crews, playing beloved characters, characters I know. Hell yeah. And then it, they don't get to do anything. Like, there's absolutely no actual content of those actors as those characters, you know? Like, they show up, and then they immediately die with, like, few to no lines. And it's like the movie's, like, actively antagonizing you as a viewer. It's like, yeah, aha, like, like, we gave you all these toys, and you're like, oh, sick. And they just came and, like, kicked them all over, like, ruined your sandcastle. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like a beach yeah. bully. But like, well, and they're like, wasn't that funny? Wasn't that ironic and well, funny? I think, like I think kind of a like, twisted humor. And you're yeah. like, no, I just wanted to have fun. <laughs> no, but that's like what Deadpool is. Like it, it takes twisted, kind from... of skewed but, humor. Well, it, yeah, it like it is tongue in cheek versions of a superhero movie, and right. like that kind of like we're building a team, and it's all of these famous people. Look at our Avengers team. All of these stars are in our movie right. and then it's like ha 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 just kidding no it's still a deadpool movie right like of course yeah. that wasn't real why would you think it's real and and that's the point right but i think in suicide squad excuse me in the suicide squad yes 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 it is so much more like all the characters that they kill off in that opening scene feel like you get to experience them and enjoy them for a little while before they get mm-hmm. killed, you know? There's, like, them chatting and in the they airplane. Have, yeah. Like, even on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, during the fight, they're, like, doing stuff. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is an actual performance from Pete Davidson. He's, like, you know, doing something funny and it, he, like, has a character that I'm kind of interested in. And when he kills him, it doesn't feel like they're kicking over my sandcastle. It feels mm-hmm. like It feels, like, built into the whole thing. Like that, you know, he is a character, he exists, and the character and the movie treats him like mm-hmm. a character right up until like the point that important. he dies. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, because I think that's all important for because this this movie plays around, and I'm a little bit fuzzy on the original Suicide Squad just because it's been a group since I've seen it. We've seen that movie like, like this, four times at least, Adeline. But it's been a while since I've seen okay. it. Why are you trying to tell me what I do and <laughs> I don't, don't know. know? I'm just saying. Anyway, I don't remember all the details. It's been a second since I've watched the movie. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> but I was saying, I don't remember if they have, like, a commentary 
they like have a little bit like obviously she's like the lady who plays like the government lady who's in charge of the suicide Viola squad. Davis. Oscar Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. Whatever Amanda no, Waller. What her character name is Amanda What's Waller. Wrong with y'all? Anyway, her like she's obviously this very like scary woman like this person who's like willing to do anything for good and is doing all these weird unethical things. And I feel like we kind of touch on that in the original Suicide Squad, but this one because we're really like kind of like putting a spotlight and like even on the agency itself of like oh this is really messed up this is screwed up all the things that she's doing and even if these are bad people the fact that she's just murdering because they've it's also like a thing that like oh we've had several suicide squads since the og suicide squad like this is just a thing we do now Mm -hmm. that like a lot of those missions probably ended exactly like that first one did where everyone's just dead or got killed or their head got exploded so like we're really touching on like how unethical and how terrible and how kind of evil that woman is. So I feel like we have to like see that and experience that with characters that we actually care about and seeing them just get kind of thrown aside like garbage to like actually like feel that and be able to talk about it later right. in the film, you know? And I feel uh. like metatextually, like I felt myself thinking when there, I was like, Michael Rooker, sure, yeah. He, all, A, so excited for him to be in this whole movie. <laughs> right. Like, he was, like, a good, like, p- grounding, and then also, like, obviously Harley Quinn, and then mm-hmm. um, Captain Boomerang. Those three, I was like, okay, I know that these three matter, and then <laughs> right. everyone else, like, there's no way, how are they going to build a story on Pete Davidson character? How are they going to build on <laughs> right. Flula Javelin? Like, yeah. how are they going to build on this mm-hmm. weird weasel? Like, this is going to be a weird movie. I'm glad he dies. I trust the director, and we'll we'll see how it goes. And so then, like, when we got to the point where dead, 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 Mm. Michael Brooker, also dead, upsetting for me, (laughs) uh, I was like, oh, they're not. It makes sense in, like, (laughs) the... They're not In our our space now. Like, this isn't the team. But Mm. they they made me think it was. Like, I was along for the ride. And it's and I think them. it's smart that they put um, uh, uh, Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg on that original team. Like even though the rest of oh, them yeah. died, yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. like a good way of like Ricky crossing Flagg. the wires and like throwing you off the scent. Um, but like I think that I think Pete Davidson is so funny in this movie. Like it mm. is the absolute perfect casting <laughs> for the like just dickhead idiot. Who like shows up on the beach and is just like immediately like, oh hey, what's up, guys? I got him for He's you, like, and then just gets shot in the it. face like immediately. It's so it's perfect. Perfect. And then after that happens, you cut back to him being a dickhole to Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like there's something about it that You're is like, so mm. sincerely great, and it's so perfect. <laughs> just yeah. like, and then you get to like have that like reverse Schadenfreude like catharsis of being like. He's gonna get his face blown off in a second. <laughs> like, oh, the way that this movie handles like those little time jumps is done so well. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like I am never confused or lost when they do those. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like the the one of the like ones that I was kind of worried about like being confusing is the one where the like team is like split up in the tower right. and they're all kind of doing things and we like follow Taskmaster, Masker. Masker Peacemaker, Taskmaster, whatever. Peacemaster. I'm quitting the internet. Peacemaker and the general army guy. Like, we follow them and what they're doing, and with a rat tamer, like, we're following them and they're doing their thing and they fight. 
And then you have Harley Quinn and Idris Elba and everybody else and Polka Dot Man doing the bombs. And I was worried that we were going to lose track of people, right. especially because at that point we have quite a, a handful of people that I care about and I know really well and I can tell them apart. But when they're all spread out, I was worried I would get a little lost. But like, we're just following one and then we cut to before following the other one and then they meet up. And it's like, oh, perfect. That was super smart. And I know what everybody's doing. Super and simple. it doesn't feel like we. And it's not like, oh, we did all of that in five minutes. Like, it feels like it took time, but because we went back, it, like, it just feels good. It all comes together perfectly. Um, and I love, at the end of that sequence at the beginning, Michael Rooker just screaming and running away and getting his head blown <laughs> up by Amanda Waller. He's like, I know. No! Is, <laughs> just it's, trying to swim away. It's, <laughs> there's something about Doggy it. paddling. It's like such, I don't know, there's... I don't know it's how to. It's kind of scary. It's, yeah, it is. It's kind of scary. It's weird. Like it. It's a and great also, like subversion you of your see, expectations in a way that like because we establish him as like this tough dude yeah. too. Yeah, but it feels yeah, earned, that tennis you know? ball kill the bird thing. Right. Like, ooh, tough prison man. What's his story? <laughs> Who's and then he? and then you see Amanda Waller blow his whole head <laughs> off his body. Blow his There's whole. And then you're gross. like. And then you're like, oh, yeah, there's a, the, they'll do it for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's That'll not joking. Get her Even done. if it's James that Gunn's lot. best friend, Michael Rooker, <laughs> they're not safe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I do I think there that. are, like, a few, there are a few moments, because usually I'm, like, okay with, like, bloody gory stuff, as long as it's, like, I mean, of course, I'm, like, eh, if I get over it, I'm fine. There are a few things that I don't like. I don't like mouth stuff, and I don't like inside the body stuff. So the two things that I really didn't like was, well, A, when a shark man just rips the guy's head off. That was King shark. And just yeah. has it. And just has it. Didn't like that one. And I didn't like when John Cena got shot in the neck, and there's just, like, blood. That was gross. Oh, that's weird. But Will also you tell when he, like, me, takes... Adeline, what is uh-huh. not inside the body stuff? Like, well, like, organs and stuff. That's what yeah, I don't like. Yeah, but that's all of that stuff. It, organs, blood, bone. No, I mean, like, blood. specifically, like, in, just like when they do the autopsy and Blade, and they're just like, look at all the alien bits. I'm like, I'm out of here. Goodbye. Yeah, rules. And, like, when the, like, <laughs> the, like, x-ray shot that they do when John Cena stabs him in the chest, and they're like, here's what the heart and the lungs look like as they're gushing blood out of them. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want mm. that. For me, it's head things. Head things. Yeah. Don't like. Don't like Pete Davidson. No. No face. Right. 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 Uh, mm-hmm. Don't like. Couldn't watch Hereditary. Uh, <laughs> my the the Mike Rook had a, had a little bit of a, a problem there. I was like, I hope the rest of the movie's not like this. Uh, but King Shark. <laughs> I hope this movie's over. King Shark adequately named. He can do no wrong in my eyes. King Shark. Mm-hmm. All I ever needed in this world was. My favorite human being in the entire history of all time, which is Rocky Balboa playing King Shark. I don't mean Sylvester Stallone. I mean Rocky Balboa. I have some hard news for you, Keisha. I want, I need, so Rocky is a fictional film. No, 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 Mm. no. Mm. Rocky Balboa is the real Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Okay. I love and he's he's playing King Shark in this movie. I um, it's all that scene when he's running on the ice rink for me. (laughs) That was the that's the little the little ooh friends. (laughs) Uh, And I think that like 
King Shark, like, playing, like, the big dumb glute, like, is really tricky, and I think that this movie pulls it off in a really good way. Like, you know, you cut to somebody and they're reading a book, but it's upside down to illustrate that they're stupid is, like, a very Mm -hmm. much, like, a non-joke. But, like, the way that... Because, first of all, it's like, okay, so what does that mean? Like, in in any sort of, like, real context, it's like, they're reading it upside down. What is that? Like, that's not anything. But in this, like, the Mm -hmm. way they play that joke is, like, he's pretending to read and he doesn't know it's upside down. He's doing this, like, weird performance of reading where he's like, I love this book. That's what's funny. And, like... (laughs) I am smart. Yeah. And, like, I think that this movie plays, like, the... The, the, like, the, I don't know how else to say it besides the big dumb galoot. Like, I think they, they, yeah, like, pull it off. And this movie's so funny. Like. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how else. Like, I think the most important thing to a movie like this is that it is just, like, sincerely hilarious. There's this moment right at the beginning where Harley Quinn, like, comes in for the first time. And they're like, oh, what are you back in for, Harley? And she's like, I got road rage in a bank. I thought that was hilarious. That's yeah. a great joke. <laughs> just like move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I just, God, I, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. That's who it is, right? I'm terrible with yeah. actor names. Yeah. She's just, oh, she's so good at Harley Quinn over and over and over again. She's just so good yeah. as Harley Quinn. Because I just, I adore that scene where she, first of all, that fuck, I love, I adore Harley Quinn in this movie. I love it so fucking much. She's just in a ball gown the whole movie. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. And, like, as she's, like, this unreliable, like, unreliable narrator because she, like, gets kidnapped and, like, goes on a date with the guy and they're, like, going to get married. And, like, did that really happen? And you're, like, yeah, it probably happened. But then when as she's, like, escaping and, like, shooting through all the guys and, like, there's, like, flowers everywhere right. and this awesome fight scene. And you're, like, trying, start, like starting to think, like, maybe... Maybe not all of that happened, <laughs> right, maybe. Yeah. Like, just, I love that so much. And she finally gets out there, and she's got her pigtails and, like, this dress that's all ripped up and her, like, combat boots, which is just so good. And she sees everybody trying to rescue her, and she's like, are you guys trying to rescue me? And they're like, well, yeah, we were. And she's like, I can go back in, and we can still do it. Like, it's I just so love funny. it so much. It's so she good. She buddies. She's uh, friends. So she had a, went through a bad breakup. And that was... gal I pals. Know. Her work friends. Right. And I think, you know, we probably should talk about Birds of Prey at least a little bit when we do this. But, like, one of the things that, like, bothered me the most about Birds of Prey was that, like, it was, like, this really, like, explicitly feminist story, right? It was. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just saying it was bad that it was a feminist story. It was okay, like if they can cancel cool. James Gunn, they can cancel you too. It's true, but it's yeah. like it's this really Black explicit Jack feminist story. It's like you know using Harley Quinn as this like avatar for like the experience of being a woman in a city, you know, and like mm-hmm. it's so 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 empathetic and so 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 like on Harley Quinn's side this whole movie, and like. I'm not a, like the story's good, but I just I couldn't help but like every once in a while be like, we are still talking about serial murderer yeah. Harley Quinn, right? <laughs> Harley like Quinn. she's yeah. a bad guy. Yeah, like, like yeah. I get what you're saying, and like as a as a piece of narrative messaging, like I buy this and this is good, but like let's not forget though. She yeah, is like, like a murder and the next clown. words of prey, Eileen Wuornos. <laughs> You serial murderer. Yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. you're still. Like, well, to be 
fair. We have only seen Harley Quinn in the original Suicide Squad and then Birds of Prey and then this Suicide Squad. So maybe she really hasn't done anything that bad. <laughs> right. We don't know. But I mean, that's what I love about that it's whole true. sequence in this movie is because it's really great at writing that line, you know? It feels mm-hmm. like it has like sort of a, like, you know, not like a really specific individual take like Birds of Prey does, but it has like a mm-hmm. generally feminist idea at the center of it. And it's like talking about Harley Quinn as like an emotional person in a really sincere way without glossing well, over the fact that she's gonna fucking kill a guy like yeah no I love the like nuance of that scene because you have like obviously writing Harley Quinn as a survivor of abuse right which she is yeah. and so and it's it's kind of funny because that whole scene because like we kind of she basically figures <laughs> out that this is the bad guy mm-hmm. and she's like whatever you're hot i get to be a princess all the time screw it whatever but then once he starts to talk talking about like murdering kids and like all these other like controlling red flags she's like "Mm, no i'm just gonna murder you and like i love that line that she's doing talking to him as he's dying and she's just like i ever told myself if i ever saw those red flags again I was just going to kill him. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I would so do the good. right thing and I would murder so him. Good. It's so it's funny. So good. It's great. <laughs> and like all of the characters do have like this level of like you see that crime or like wrongdoings more often than not come from a place of trauma. Mm. Surprise. Wow. Wow. Had no clue. But mm. my favorite iteration is Mommy Problems, Polka Dot Man. <laughs> right, He's yeah. so good. I think the best thing that the DC Cinematic Universe can do is to just lean into that anim- Animaniacs BS right. and get that Wacko yeah. Warner crazy stuff going. Get Wacko get in here. <laughs> he deserves Where is he? If this were Space Jam, he'd be there. Anyway, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't Space Jam. He was. But, he didn't do anything. He was there, at least, though. He sat there with his... He sat there but, and was like, man, I sure hope like, all these humans get trapped here forever. <laughs> Thanks, Yeko. King Shark, that's a wacky thing. Starro, mm-hmm. we'll get there. Because I have a lot to say about Starro. Starro the Conqueror. But that's... What a what a stupid, like, centralized Patrick antagonist. Star, yeah. And it's awesome. But, like, Polka Dot Man being like, yeah, my mom... She was a scientist at Star Labs, and she just really wanted us all to be superheroes. And now I got a complex, and uh, yep. every I literally see my mom everywhere. And then you cut to him, his <laughs> vision. Just everyone is his mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid, <laughs> and it's so funny. Right. Because it's like, oh, that's like a legitimate gripe. Like that's really bad. Yeah. Like oh yeah yeah. She turned you into a weapon, but also LOL this Karen. Yeah. Well, and it's talking what we're talking about of like the there is definitely I mean, we're obviously that we are we are having a conversation about the prison system, obviously, and like what crime and like what it means to be a good person, obviously, and like being a good person and the extent of the law, blah blah blah. We're having that conversation. And I think to have all of our main cast who are all people who are bad or have done bad things mainly because of trauma. I mean, not King Shark, obviously. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We don't really but know. Like, I, like, it we don't really know about him. <laughs> He's got some daddy issues that we just don't have time with? to talk about. Yeah. yeah. 
But, like, all these people, obviously, who are, like, in crime because of trauma, like, Harley Quinn, Idris Elba, Ratcatcher, like, Polka Dot Man, like, obviously, that's why they did these things, and we kind of know why they did those things. Versus Peacemaker, who is this <laughs> entitled white guy who just murders people because Tenos. he thinks that's what's right. right. And it's just, oh, it's such a good parallel. And then to have to those... And to literally have them fight at the end, it's just, it's so, it's so good. And the whole, the payoff of the smaller bullet, <laughs> it's it such a good right. payoff. Like, I thought, I was worried it was going to come back in a stupid way, but I like yeah. that. <laughs> I, uh, and just a heads up, I mean, we, we've been spoiling the movie already, but not, like, big time, like... Just, like, little bits and pieces. But, like, we aren't going to talk about the whole movie. We're going to talk about, like, spoilers and, like, who dies and whatever and whatever. It's just a heads yeah, up obviously. if anybody's new. Um, but if you're new, you should also follow. Follow, because we're trying to get affiliate. We're not there yet. Just going to put that out there super quick. But, like, I really think every every death in this movie really works except for Polka Dot Man. Like, I really sincerely yeah. don't think they should have killed Polka Dot Man. Like, yeah, me too. Killing Rick Flag was great because like it i mean i don't know it's like what we talked about when we were talking about kylo ren for hours when we did our multiple (laughs) rise of skywalker episodes it's like it's hard to it's hard to quantify exactly why it makes it that way but sometimes when a character you really like dies it's effective and sad and it works in a satisfying way even though obviously you're upset and sometimes you're just like well what the fuck that was just mean like, mm-hmm. why did he have to die? It was like, just mean. Yeah. That's the perfect way to phrase it. It yeah. was just mean. And, like, you know, <laughs> Rick Flagg... I do feel like we should... I, I, I would say Rick Flagg felt sad. That. I was like, oh, I'm sad yeah. to see Rick Flagg die because, like, it. first of all, it's wild that Rick Flagg is so likable in this movie considering he was, like, <laughs> so horribly unlikable in the original one. And they, like, bring know, him back yeah. and they, like, mold him into, like, this new character <laughs> that's, like, way better. Um, but like when he dies, you're like, oh, that's so sad. Like what a horrible loss for this team. Like I, I really, I liked him so much and it's so sad that he had to go. And then when Polka Dot Man dies, I was just like, hey, what the fuck? Like, yeah, <laughs> bring him back. I feel like I knew though. I feel like right. I knew that Polka Dot Man was not long for this world. Right. I was, I, when it happened, I was like, hey, no, <laughs> no, but that was like the at one, one point Stop. when the, when when, like, the building started to crumble, I was like, listen, at this point, I know Harley Quinn's not going to die. Right. But, like, don't take King Shark away from me. And <laughs> yeah. don't take right. Polka Dot Man away. Don't those take are my, my babies. Yeah. I would have rather, my, I would have rather King Shark died. I would have rather King Shark died than Polka Dot Man. <gasps> no! I don't ever it. say that to me I ever again. I would trade a heart Don't beat. ever say that to me ever again. <laughs> well, it's just but, like, the thing, wait, wait, wait. But the thing about... The thing about it, though, is that King Shark is legitimately, like, a villain to other right. DC characters that are already mm-hmm. a mainstay. And Polka Dot Man is, like, stupid, weird, Silver Age, bronze, right. like, transitional. Yeah. The same with, like, arm detach. I beat people with my detached <laughs> arms, man. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, what a weird pull that I'm thankful for because I like the weird things. But ain't no way we're gonna get a, a solo polka dot He's man. He's never coming right, back. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's not black widowing itself into fruition. I mean, I don't know. So I don't I'm think I wanted I like polka dot man to come back. Just like killing him felt me. Didn't want him to die. Like let him be don't happy. Him to die. I don't know. He's an expendable. Yeah. Not well, like King Shark death. though, who was played by an expendable. Oh, good one. Uh-huh. High his five to death. myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> Polka Dot Man's death was the only one that felt like a joke, and I think that's why it's so much yeah. like, like, hey, I liked him. Like, how dare you make fun of him? Right. Like, that's my boy, you know? Because, like, yeah. everybody else dies. And a detachable limb man is a little bit of a joke, but not him getting shot. Like, that's not the funny part of it. That's the part the where, like, The funny part is when they shoot his yeah. arms, and he's like, ow! Yeah, yeah that's funny. But then when they shoot him, acting. and you're like, oh, this is serious, everybody's dying. You know, like, his joke <laughs> is the only one that's, like, a throwaway. Like, he says he says a one-liner, and then he gets stepped on. Like, ha, ha. Right. Like, it's just... It's not a one-liner, And then I liked though. him, and you, and you did him so dirty. Did him so dirty. He's he like, my boy I am dirty. a real superhero, mom. And then surprise! Oh, you thought the, you thought you forgot how big of a risk going up against Starro the Conqueror is. He's a big boy. He's <laughs> he is big, a large lad, and he's gonna step on you. And he's got that weird mouth thing with all his limbs, mouth, and little him come out. It's gross. And when He's you scary. go in his eye, you go in his big old his big old it's waterbed eye. Pool. It's full of liquid and it's just full of rats and they just start going, going to town. Yeah. Like I am it's not It's fucking the end of Ratatouille up in there, rat restaurant. Right. I am not at all afraid of rats. <laughs> but like the imagery of just like a swarm of rats swimming into a giant eyeball to devour it from yeah. the inside. That skeeves me out so bad. That's so gross. But it's also yeah. kind of beautiful. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. It's lovely for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, it's kind of magical and also kind of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Just the worst. But, like, that moment where it's, like, a practical effect of Margot Robbie, like, coming out and it's, like, this big, weird, pillowy, like, waterbed <laughs> thing. It's so brutal. Rose. <laughs> um, and, and she's just, like, covered also, in slime. Yeah. And she's, Talk like... Talk about tragic trauma... When Star, spoiler alert, Starro dies. Star- oh no! <laughs> Where he, oh, one of the voices is like, "We, I would have been happy just floating along the cosmos." And you're like, oh, staring at the stars. The thinker sucks. Ah, the thinker. Hate that like, guy. Oh, I hate the we space program. We should have program. just let. We should have <laughs> just left nature alone. Also, should've the thinker just let him fun float. villain. Wish he didn't die. Love that guy. Right, yeah. Uh, but also, been, my biggest fear, people talking in unison, happens in this movie, <laughs> so it made it extra a lot, spooky. several times. It's been a big couple like, of months for Conquerors. Like, between Loki and Suicide yeah. Squad, like, we got a lot of Conqueror rep happening. No, and, also, and I do... I couldn't think of another one. <laughs> okay. I and I'd, also... I thought I'd conjure... I only thought of Chen the Conqueror from Avatar The Last Airbender, oh, right, 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 right. which came out in 2006. <laughs> So recently, yeah. No, but, like, going off of, like, because, Jackson, you've had military propaganda on the mind because right. you made that video. That's on the channel about whether or not Marvel movies are propaganda. Right. You should check it out. It's very interesting. It is something we'll Link talk about a lot with, with superhero movies, obviously. Yeah. But, like, it, this movie, it, it toes a weird line because, again, we're, like, in a Middle Eastern country and we're with the American government. It's so South, it's, like, it's what? South American. <laughs> It's is it fake. South American? Yeah. Where no, are we? No place in a DC movie is real. Thank you. But yeah, like we're in a foreign country dealing with we're a foreign government and it is the US military. So it's like it could get it can get really dicey really quick and, re- and especially when we're dealing with like 
a kaiju-esque monster that's just supposed to be there to blow shit up. Like, it could, like... I mean, how the villain of the story handles it, I feel it's, like, how a lot of blockbusters would handle it, you know? Of just, like, oh, it destroys it. Like, because you superhero fans, you DC fans, you love it when the bad guy just fucking destroys a city and then leaves. Y'all love that, so we're just gonna do that again. But I love how, like, it, A, addresses this chaos in the government, in this chaos of good and bad. You have, like, the people who are fighting the government and the government... And, like, even when we're talking with the evil guy before Harley Quinn shoots him, when he's talking about, like, yeah, the people who were in charge, they did terrible things. They sent people to go get devoured by that monster all the time, and it was terrible, and they ruled with an iron fist. And, like, did we hang them and their entire family in the streets? And am I going to go kill a bunch of more children? Yes, but, like, it's this kind of weird gray morality and this chaos then you have the freedom fighters that are like trying to go in and like all this stuff like it's just chaos and you're just trying to find the morality in it if you like the ending of this movie i would probably say you'd like watchmen Mm, because Mm. similar similar with the is it better for the truth to be out even if it would cause more chaos but Mm. maybe if some people die like in watchmen and both book and cinematic <laughs> form. Mm-hmm. I won't say how, though. I okay. won't spoil it. Uh, did you but know that apparently like, when Alan Moore was writing Watchmen, uh, originally it was just supposed to be like a regular DC comics story, and Peacemaker was the character that was going to be Comedian. Like, Comedian was, mm-hmm. was Peacemaker, but then he decided to that. make his own thing, so he turned it into something else. He's like... Huh. Just interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just put in my own D-bag. <laughs> yeah. D-bag guy. Who I'll make my own. Out window. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, because B-Y-O-D-B. I think, like, I think Suicide Squad, the original Suicide Squad, like, its take <laughs> is, like, oh, isn't it crazy, like, <laughs> the government's sending these criminals in and they shouldn't do that, but it's giving them this opportunity to be heroes because the government's sending them and in to... to save the world. Do, yeah, to save the world, you know, like, the government is doing, you know, using sketchy methods to do something that's ultimately good for everybody, you know? Whereas this is mm. more, like... The the like the main characters are like victims twice over, not over in the sense, not only mm. in the sense that like they are like you know pawns of this prison system, but also like they are are being forced against their will to like just enact the will of the U.S. government, you know, mm-hmm. and like it puts them in this situation where they're just being told to do something evil or die. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's about them navigating that. And at the end of the day, I mean, they think they're doing the right thing for a lot of it, or at least like some kind of like thing they don't mind doing until they realize that they're not. And it's about them like having to stand up and like, you know, I mean, the whole point of this movie is just like the, 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 the tension between like upholding the status quo and shaking things up in order to, you know, make life better for people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the status quo, it's, I'm trying to think of how to best express it. I don't know. I am just mm-hmm. so much more on board with the messaging politically of this movie than I ever was with mm-hmm. the original one. And, like, it's a really smart way to think of it. And it, like, looks at, like, American imperialism in a very, like, mm-hmm. reasonable way, I think. In a way that, like, movies rarely do. I think it's, like, the kind of weird move that, like, movie studios would usually not let people do which is just cool and interesting but like because the first one feels just so like government bad 
but good guy good. Right. And you're like, ah. <laughs> and also, creepy witch witch from creepy history. Yeah, it's also good. not like an evil government. It's literally like a, an embodiment of evil yeah. that they're fi- fighting. Yeah. So there's like, no, there's no work around there. No, it's no. just the evil zombie lady. <laughs> and this, I love that this movie has like two corrupt government systems because yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Corto Maltese is corrupt. And we see that with like the Civil War freedom fighters and their team who gets chopped into hamburger by accident, which is also funny. funny. That's which is hilarious. Especially, especially, especially with like John Cena and Idris Elba just yeah, being yeah. like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, like, yeah, suck a yeah, dick. So like great. the whole time they're doing it, they're like, so you have good. a small penis. <laughs> but then you're like, oh yeah, these guys, no bueno. Like, of course, America is going to be like, get in there and sh- get get the freedom get give them the yeah. freedom and then get you're like it. oh just yeah. kidding they were actually there so that the american government won't look bad because yeah. they've been performing weird experiments and like emboldening these people uh-oh yeah it's weird uh, like why have i been thinking about do? that lately is there something going on that would like make me i don't think know about it i don't way? know i have no idea <laughs> i don't want to talk about it uh but like it's like this movie, it reminds me a lot of Archer. I'm gonna cry now. It reminds me a lot of. It's fine. It reminds me a lot of Archer, like really sincerely. Like not only like the style oh, yeah. of jokes, but also just like tonally and like situationally about these people who are like mm-hmm. engaged in these like really deeply serious like international conflicts, while also. Like, that run that John Cena has about, like, if this entire beach was filled with dicks, I would eat every single one if it meant that, like, whatever. It's, like, yeah. so Archer to me, and For it's so liberty. funny. Uh, yeah. But, like... Archer also very good. Archer also rules. Uh, and, like, John Cena, I am happy that John Cena is in this movie doing what he's doing. Because, like... Mm-hmm. I am as well. Sometimes I worry that John Cena is going to take a hard right turn and just, like, turn into Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which I don't mm-hmm. want to happen because he's not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like... Yeah. And because, like, John Cena is so great in comedies. Like, he is so sincerely funny in so mm-hmm. many, like, raunchy R-rated comedies. And, like, then every once in a while when he's, like the military guy in Bumblebee or, like, Vin Diesel's brother in F9, you're like, I don't (laughs) think this is the best move for you, John. Yeah. Johnny, Jimmy. Like... My boy Johnny. Because I don't think, like, I think his charisma comes from the fact that he is just kind of weird. He's kind of weird to look at. Yeah. He's got an Mm -hmm. awkward attitude. In a way that, like, doesn't work. I mean, like, his WWE outfit was literally a t-shirt and cargo (laughs) shorts. Like, that's what he would come out in in WWE (laughs) and, like, a baseball hat. Like, what's up with that? You couldn't see it anyway. So why why bother? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. John Cena has his dick out in so many movies at this point. Because Tour de Pharmacy, Blockers... And, I mean, he doesn't have his dick out in this movie, but you get a pretty good look at the shape of it. You get the outline. Yeah. You, get, you can imagine. It's not you like, fill in the it's not like, oh, it's tidy whities It's like, that's John Cena's dick. Like, you don't see it, but, like, it's there. Like, that's it's John suggested. Cena's dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But, like, he's just so great in, like, raunchy comedies. Like, he's so funny in all of those. Because he's great I mean, at... you love Cockblockers. You thought that movie was really yeah, good. Yeah, it is. That movie's great. And, like, I don't, I don't think John Cena's, like, the best part of that movie. But, like, mm-hmm. he's just... He didn't hurt it. He's just <laughs> funny in those roles. And, like, Tour de Pharmacy... You've seen Tour de Pharmacy, right, Keisha? No. We've talked about it a lot, though. God, it's so <laughs> funny. It's, like, a 45-minute short film on HBO Max. And it's like well, maybe the funniest comedy anybody's ever made. I think it's hysterical. Um, but like, uh, oh, Wu Jumbo saying in the chat that apparently John Cena's gimmick for a while was that he was a rapper in WWE. I have not heard about this. Hold on. I mean, I know that The Rock sang a lot in did WWE. He? I need to know he more did. about WWE. Well, he's a because. Well, that was the whole thing about Moana was that Lin-Manuel Miranda would, like, listen to him in WWE and then he wrote, like, You're Welcome in a, in a way that he knew that The Rock could sing it. Right. Well, like, listen, so that was real, real Dwayne Johnson fans know that he sang in the game plan years, years and years before Moana. Right. So he was already singing for Disney. You ever want to hear the whole plot synopsis of the game plan? I'm your man. Okay. I know... <laughs> It, if I no ever reason. if I ever want <laughs> I that, I'll it. hit you up, Keisha. <laughs> You're not gonna want to. Expect my call. <laughs> it's not um, a very good movie. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy for John Cena in this movie, and I'm happy that he's doing the HBO show of Peacemaker, too, because I just want to keep, mm-hmm. keep him in that world. Because I'm afraid if he stays out of that world for too long, he's just gonna get sucked up into Fast and Furious or something and just turn into, like, a buff, handsome guy, which I don't think he should be. I think he should be no. weird and funny. Not to say that he's like not attractive, right. but that's just not Wacko. what he's. That's not he the character he plays. In Wacko's world. Wacko's world. Yakko and Wacko. Uh, Wacko's wish. But uh, that's a good movie too. Like John Cena needs to be like the star of like a half-hour sitcom. Like if we got mm-hmm. John Cena, like a like a multicam sitcom. The Office. Too. I think he would thrive. I think he would become America's sweetheart overnight. Again, um, like a like a like a Nathan for you, like a Nathan for you, precisely. But scripted, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking at my notes. Rick Flag, extremely likable, which is great. Like extremely Joel Kinnaman getting his due. Um, I think that like the so so okay. There's this theme running through the whole movie that's about like little animals. It's about like rats and mice and birds and like you know the sweet city little animals. To them. And like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the thematic thing is with that. Like, I'm. I mean, I think it is. I think it is what her dad says that like they are the most right, hated right. animal. Dad. But there is it. The actor. Taika Waititi. I wanted Adeline to say it. Oh. Why? John Cena. Anyway, I think it's I like, crazy that Taika Waititi is in <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just Taika Waititi. He's just there doing it, and we're like, hey, hey, and he goes. But yeah, no, I love. I I think that's what the kind of theming of those little animals that like all life has meaning and right, has right. a purpose, especially when we're talking about like these yeah, we're the rats. The, all of the movies about people that they don't care about, like all the people in the prison system right. that we don't care about, all these people in a foreign country that the U.S. doesn't care about, 
Like, that's what all the theming is. I am losing my lighting, and it's getting really bad <laughs> yeah, in here. Okay. But <laughs> it's dramatic. Yeah, this is my big, powerful speech moment. But, like, and, like, with the little birds that were getting crushing and the rats. And even, I do even think the little jellyfish. That's where I got kind of stuck, was with that. the jellyfish. Because I don't get why, well, like, that I would think... fit in if it's all of a sudden, like, and then these jellyfish, like, fuck them up. They, like, bite him and kill him. You're like, oh, wait. I think yeah, it's, but also it's like ju- just, that's funny. <laughs> it's also, yeah. that's funny. No, I thought it was sad. <laughs> they were his friends. Yeah. And then they bit No, him. they weren't but his like, real friends. They were fake he, friends. But I he think learns it. who his real friends are. Ones that you don't mm-hmm. eat. I think with the jellyfish, what I got was kind of like going in that theme of like, you can't blame them for attacking you, you know? Like, I don't know. That's like kind of what I got from it. Like... It, the, these downtrodden things that we don't care about. Like, why are these jellyfish even here? We don't know. Right. Like, and then they, like, well, when maybe people the jellyfish... get fed up with their treatment and they attack, it's like, well, can you really blame them for attacking? You or, know, it's kind of what I was getting. Do the jellyfish represent another thing? Because they are not perceived as the rats are initially in a disgusting, mm-hmm. uh, lower life form way. Mm-hmm. They are, in maybe fact, introduced parallel. to us in... As adorable, right. beneficial mm-hmm. to society, a friend, but in in truth, they are actually a blood sucking danger to our good friend right. King Shark, right, right, right. just mm-hmm. like America. So maybe it's a parallel. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, little birdies are also very cute. Like people don't hate it's little true. birdies, but, but I mean, I don't know. Little birdies represent freedom. Maybe I'm just getting they too granular freedom. about it. I think, yeah, maybe you are. Just and so take, Michael just Rooker. Just listen to away TD and move <laughs> yeah. on. Michael, people like birds, even though they are rats with wings. <laughs> and so the bird at the beginning, that is, it well, symbolizes. Keisha, Keisha, Keisha. People only like birds if they're pretty. They don't it, like well, pigeons. They don't like seagulls. This is true. This is true. So the murder of this bird, you're saying, oh, he is upset with the prison, the, the criminal justice system being locked up resentful of a bird that could just fly away whenever it wishes. It's so and he chooses. takes it out on the bird. And so then these caged birds later on in the movie, they are just as beautiful. Right. But there are they birds. have no access to freedom. Even though it may seem they do if they can fly around, they're still trapped in this cage. Just like Harley Quinn and the rest of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> right. And they're set ablaze You're by what? Here, the government! <laughs> I'm nailing it. Okay, okay. I, hello? <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. This is my thesis. I just, I just got a master's degree in Suicide Squad. <laughs> in Suicide Squad Bird Edition. Suicide Squad Studies. Uh, give me another animal. I'll tell you what it represents. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guess law. that's just as much as you could say. Like, oh, like, the, the Suicide Squad are like the rats. Like, cool. Also, other little and animals. Whatever. Also, <laughs> other but not the jellyfish. Not the jellyfish. I buy the jellyfish not thing. The jellyfish. I like the jellyfish take. I Thank still you. weirded out by the birdies. Because everybody no, 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 loves I little birdies. Right. Uh, anyway. Uh, you know who doesn't love little birdies? Who? Uh, the girl from Hereditary. <laughs> it's true. She didn't really. Uh, mm-hmm. Think about it. Uh, but. Demon. Like, oh, it's okay. My favorite part of this movie is, is the nightclub sequence. Mm. Which just feels so good. <laughs> like... Them just being in that nightclub and, like, seeing them. It's one of those things where it's, like, we haven't done, like, a lot of work to actually endear these characters to each other. But they do Mm -hmm. so much in so little time to, like, 
you know, build these characters out and show them, like, having a sincere set of relationships with each other in, like, very Mm -hmm. quick succession in a way that absolutely should feel cheap but totally works, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, bus scene to the bar to afterwards. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, like, so much so that, Shark like... King Shark sitting by himself in the van. Yeah, so that's sad. sad. And, like, but it's so much so that it's, like, I think before the nightclub sequence... <coughs> so, like, afterwards, when you've got John Cena and Idris Elba and, and Rick Flagg in the bus, and they do that thing where they're, like, coordinated and they, like, work together really well to, like, take down that van, I would... You wouldn't buy that if that happened before the nightclub scene, you know? Like, them working together like that wouldn't happen. But that nightclub scene does so much emotional work on behalf of those characters that, like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you buy them having this sort of, like, synergy with each other. I think it's really great the way that they pull it off. Mm -hmm. And then it's a huge twist when you're like, oh, no, John Cena... Peacemaker. Yeah. No. We couldn't fix him. We couldn't fix him. The way that it's set up at the beginning is so smart, too, because when uh, Idris Elba is like, oh, I thought you said that we've all, we've got it all different things that we bring to the team, but we're the exact same. <laughs> You're Jesus like, Christ, yeah, Jesus. what up with that? Why would you, what's the difference here? Right. What's the difference here? And then, and then you forget because it's you're the watching heart. the movie. You're like, it's I guess I'll, we'll get over it. And then you're like, oh, it's that he sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> Idris Elba right. is cool. Yeah, He's exactly. The worst. Yeah. That's the difference. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> and, you know, we can't get out of here without talking about, like, the title cards and just, like, how, like, expressive Fun and, and cool stylized, yeah. like, everything in this movie is in a way that these big blockbusters almost never are. And I love it when they're like ready for mission, whatever, and it's on fire, yeah. and then it blows out, and then the smoke is Harley. Yeah. Like I love so that. It's just little stuff like that. It's yeah. like Ooh, they're like, let's go. Good. Wait, no, we're not ready yet. It tastes great. It tastes great. Right. It tastes magnificent. <laughs> and the camera. How does the movie taste? <laughs> it tastes good. The camera is like so good. expressive in this movie. Because there's a lot of like the camera like whipping around or like zooming in on people or like doing really like you know, big obvious things that kind of draw attention to itself, you know? In a way that, Mm -hmm. like, movies like this never, ever, ever do. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of, like, Mad Max Fury Road. And, like, I don't think, I don't think this movie is Mad Max Fury Road, but I think it's in the same weight class, almost, in terms of, like, modern blockbusters that are, like, sincerely unique and stylized and great and just like mm-hmm. totally blow expectations out of the water, you know? And I think that like although I would say it's probably like bottom tier that, it's still that though. Am I making sense? Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. but like It's no it's not a citizen king. Right. Okay, so but it's like Mad Max Fury it's Road. It's like Mission Impossible Fallout, it's like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and then like The Last mm-hmm. Jedi and then like Suicide Squad. But it's still up there. Mm-hmm. There's a pantheon, the and, it's, and it's up there. And then the Suicide Squad. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, like, expressive, and it's not afraid to be, like, big and cheesy sometimes. Like, you know, everything... Mm-hmm. These big blockbuster movies have to be so, like, inoffensive. They have to be so, like, cool all the time. That, like, everything has to be very... Yeah. You know, not serious is not the right word, <laughs> but, like, very mm-hmm. straightforward and very to the point, you know? 
Whereas, like, something like this, it could be like, whoo, whoo, and, like, doing all these weird camera moves that are, like, goofy and fun and, like, and it's weird to describe them as goofy because they don't feel like goofy in context, mm-hmm. but you guys know what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it totally well, works. Well, just, there is so much of this movie that feels like it could have been really cheesy. Right. And I could have been like, ugh. Like, oh, like, the needle drops so could have been yeah. atrocious. Right. Or, like. Because they were in the first one. Like, the concept of, like, oh, a team that all comes together, they learn to like each other. Like, that can suck. You're like, <laughs> right, oh, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, caring about someone else, groundbreaking, incredible. There's, but this movie, what were we just like, talking about? all of it feels earned, you know? Like, they, they have natural relationships that form and, like, naturally mm-hmm. drift apart from each other. Right. And it makes sense... They all have varying degrees of, like, there's no, like, Colson moment where they're like, right. oh, look at his bloody Captain America card. You guys mm-hmm. suck, and it's he's dead because of you. Right, or, yeah. Uh, you. Yeah. I just, like, Mortal it, Kombat. It we were dead. just talking about Mortal Kombat, about oh, yes. how that sucks in that movie. How it's like, oh, they're yeah. forming a relationship, slowly becoming friends, and you're like, yeah. barf, stop. One person dies. <laughs> look, it's Bomb all it. your fault. My brother's dead yeah. because of you and his cool hat. His sacrifice, and now you all care yeah. now. And it's like, wow. Man, yeah. I wish Mortal Kombat was good. I wish Mortal <laughs> Me Kombat too. was good. I mean, I mean, talking about like the needle drops, because James Gunn is good at those, as he has right, proven right. time and time again. He knows how to do those and make them feel right and feel relevant. Because the first movie was like, oh, people like needle drops. Let's do one. Let's do twelve per scene yeah. of random songs that have nothing to do with what we're doing. Yeah. And also just, like, one or two verses in, like, the middle, and then we'll move on. Like, I cannot get over the Seven Nation Army needle so drop bad. at the beginning <laughs> of the Suicide Scoop movie. It's so, like, what, it's what was that? Hook, it was nothing. Yeah. Not Hook. But the we could put it in the trailer. That's why they did it. Because, yeah, like, but like yeah. the original Suicide Squad, the needle drops were fucking atrocious. They were infuriating. They were so bad. And, like... I feel like I kind of, like, I don't hate Suicide Squad as much as most people do, because mm-hmm. I think it has, like, some ideas in it, but... In that podcast, we talk a lot about what we liked about right. it, and versus more than what we didn't like, because what we didn't like is what everybody didn't <laughs> right, like, yeah. like, But, bad. like, seriously, like, so much of that movie feels like the editor was, like, literally just, like, clicking and dragging songs from their iTunes library. Like onto yeah, the timeline, like just being this like, "This is a cool song." There you go. A little edgy. I like that. Yeah. I like cool that in edgy. high school. Okay, you know what? Suicide. You know what the original Suicide Squad does have up on this one though, is the mm. not the soundtrack, but the like, the album that came out with mm. it, with fucking Twenty One Pilots and All My Friends Are Heathens. Ain't got that. That song was it was pretty fun, You're right? And especially at Halloween, it was You're inescapable like, mm, that man. year. It was inescapable. 21 Pilots sure just got put straight in the toilet recently. Didn't <laughs> yeah. they? Like, they're not around anymore. <laughs> people were so mean. I hate when people are so mean about people's music like that. Like, yeah, that 21 Pilots song wasn't great. But, like, it can't be great every time. Sometimes you can put yeah. out a song that sounds like Stop a Macy's commercial. Stop listening to the radio. <laughs> yeah. Stop listening yeah. to the radio, you dumb Listen, dumb. Sometimes Guess you what? just they have to be a Magic Dragon. Yeah. Everybody can, put out a song. Everybody can put out a song that plays at Kohl's 
every once in a while. You're allowed. It's fine. You've earned yeah. it. Like, it's fine. It's not, yeah. it's not their fault that you work at the mall and the mall people only have one And you have, have to hear trailer. it every day. Yeah. Okay. But like, They've got James one radio Gunn, station that you can't control. Like, But James Gunn, like, playing into the strengths that you have as a director and as, oh, my dog's mad at me. I have to open the door for him really quick. Okay. But, shh, I'll be right back. Okay. I have something to say. Talk about something. Got else. it. I will talk about something okay, unrelated. Cool. Good yeah, for I was you. About to say, I, I do want to. I do want to kind of wrap up quickly. Okay. But uh, I've been listening to the radio some on the bus. I've just been listening to like the pop mm-hmm. radio station, and they play "Good for You" yep. a lot. And I don't. <laughs> "Good for You" is like going to turn me into a men's rights activist because, like, <laughs> no, it's I, good. I, I like <laughs> it. No, I like the song too. I'm just happy for that guy. It sounds like he's making good decisions and working on himself. And like, yeah, no, that's the point is that she's just kind of, she's just like, did I be nothing for you? Cause you're doing to you. Cause you're doing awesome now. That's the point yeah. of the song. Like, yeah, he is doing better. Good for him. Good for you. No, I'm sarcastic. fucking destroyed. Nobody though. should that's ever be guilty for doing well, being emotionally healthy. That's bullshit. Especially if you're like a 20 year old who just got out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe we shouldn't Let, date. They're 18. Like, Let her be upset that she's more I'm, affected by here, the breakup than he I have, was. That's I valid. Two, Hold I, on. <laughs> I hold two things in my hands. One, sh- mm, you should chill out because you're a teenager. Two, <laughs> just let let her write her songs and they're right, good. Right, yeah, right. well, you know, because I've, both, I've lived that. And then that. a third hand, there. leave this small young boy alone. <laughs> yeah, cyberbullying him. him. He's nameless. Breaking He's up faceless. with someone. It, it's He's not going to talking about He's equally... Well, maybe not anymore. He's just like, oh, you look really was. happy, and you seem like your therapist is doing really well for you. It's like, yeah, sounds great, dude. Like, you go. You dropped this <laughs> That's king. the point of the song, is that she feels no. bad about herself, that she is more affected by the breakup than he was, and it hurts her feelings. Is that a positive thing to feel? No, but is it how she feels? Yes, I've been there in that situation, that relationship, where you like break the up, and they're like, okay, bye, like whatever, that. and they're totally fine, and then you are more emotionally hurt yeah. by it, and it kind of feels, it's a new hurt of, like, the a hurt on top of the breakup, and it seems girl, like it didn't matter to them. Like, that, that hurts, and that's a valid though. song point. What blonde girl? What? That's a, have you listened to the rest of the album? No. Sour. No. Keisha, who do you think I well, am? Well, let me tell you that I went on a very long road trip with my sister this year, so I've listened to the whole album multiple times. Okay. So she, she just does a lot of singing about, like, <laughs> I hate Sabrina Carpenter okay. because screw you for stealing my boyfriend. That's what driver's license is about. Think about it. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, girl... It's okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> You're gonna be all Maybe right. you like pulled the well, trigger we on just, writing we a song about this. police young girls' relationships with boys so much, especially when they're famous. We police every song they write about a guy, every emotion they have about a guy. We tore Taylor Swift to shreds for years. Right. No, no, no. For breaking it's, up with guys. It's valid. And it's valid until this twenty-year-old boy. Who is it's not also a secret who it is. And making lots of it's money. It's super not a secret, but people are like sending him hate and being like, "You suck! I can't believe you did that. You're a terrible person." Blah 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 blah. Well, but that's not her fault. That is not Olivia. It's, it's not. Fault. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying there are yeah. two hands. Write your songs. You are valid in your feelings and how this went. Maybe don't send this guy hate because he's also valid in breaking up with her. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to. All of these things are true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is what I had to say about the Suicide Squad. Got it. And James Gunn's yeah. ability to it's write really music good. into Harley scripts. Harley Quinn 
so good in this movie. I just, like, I feel like we really, I, the way that Hartley Quinn has evolved in film is so interesting to watch, to, like, see how, like, to start in a film where you characterize a character so poorly and have an actor just doing such a good do- job to, like, pull them from the depths to get a good characterization <laughs> right, right. of the character, and then to kind of move on and kind of mellow it out a little bit and kind of, like, tone it a little bit more to, like, that's who the character is. Like, it's such a weird journey to watch with Harley Quinn as a character, mm-hmm. but I love her it's so that, much it's in this that movie. that pool party scene from eighth grade right. is Suicide Squad into the Suicide I've Squad. Said it, I'm telling you right mm-hmm. now. I was saying this to Anna the other day. <laughs> I sincerely think that Margot Robbie is almost, like, too pretty for her own good. Because, like... It's true. All the things that she's great in, she's playing, like, a really particular type. Like, Harley Quinn and, like, Mm -hmm. Tanya Harding, where it's, like, this, like, scrappy, like, you know... I I don't like to use the phrase white trash, but it's, like, the only, like, applicable descriptor. Like, white trash, like, Mm -hmm. poor white person, like, goofy, uneducated thing. And, like, she's funny, and she can, like, sell that really well, and she's great at that thing. And But she's just so gorgeous that she keeps getting mm-hmm. roles that are like, oh, Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because she's beautiful. And mm-hmm. you're like, but she's not that great in this. Like, I don't know. She's walking yeah, around yeah. looking pretty. That's not pretty. what she wants to do. Yeah. She needs to be, like, funny and have personality. Right. Yeah. It's, and well, I think it's that just so comes back to, like... In About Time, she plays a girl who's just pretty, and then the, like, mom of the main character, she's like, you know, it's not good for a girl to be too pretty, stops her from developing a personality and a sense of humor, and you're like, Mm -hmm. don't say that about her, (laughs) don't say that about Margot. Mm -hmm. And I do think part of it comes to, like, how we write women characters especially in certain types of movie where it's like if you want to be in that type of movie and you want to be the again you're beautiful then you just have to be the pretty girl who says nothing and sometimes it's a part of the plot and sometimes it's not and you're just a pretty girl who's there you know so i think it's more about creating creating space for these characters my family is all eating dinner without me i would love to end the. i don't care okay the i have one last final thing i want to say uh which is that I think I am, like, so loving this movie up until the last, like, 20 minutes where they're doing the big fight with Starro. No, that so loses good. That loses me a little. That feels Love a little it. boring. Disagree. Oh, there's a big Love CGI it. guy. They're shooting guns at him or whatever. It's a kaiju, but he's Jackson. Big, he doesn't look like anything else we've yeah, seen, though. He doesn't look like the other CGI monsters we've seen. He looks like a big, funny guy. So you're like, what the <laughs> hell's up with that big, funny guy? And then he just fucking destroys people. And you're like, oh, yeah. holy shit. Like, it's great. Yeah, I it's like it scary, funny, silly, and gross. Yeah. I like when they win the eyeball. I love when they win the eyeball. star face off, and they're like, those are dead corpses underneath the stars, buddies. And you're like, ooh, that's gross, and that's scary, that's and gross. that's, ooh, tension. Whoa. And they're like, they experimented on children. And you're like, oh, just imagine. It's scary. Uh, yeah, psychological horror. So you guys you, you guys riff, riff for a minute. Because uh, I forgot to get a review. Well, I will. They, I like the Suicide Squad. I thought it was good. That's my final take. I thought it was fun. Also, my last thing is that I think that this movie cemented in my brain that we need to stop 
having superhero as a genre because it is not a genre just as western yeah. was not a genre right. back in the day mm-hmm. it's a type you of you can movie, do anything with but there are west there are superhero comedies there are superhero dramas so like chill out about your your man of steels because you're gonna get a fun superman movie maybe someday soon probably not <laughs> but one day maybe like they are mm-hmm. different they are separate and and they are all valid uh, and I'm looking mostly at you, Silver Surfer. Just oh, that's who you're looking at. <laughs> I just saying maybe maybe we need to reevaluate how maybe rude we good. were about Fantastic mm-hmm. Four and the Silver Surfer. Maybe it's time we bring the Silver Surfer back and the rest of the Fantastic Four. I don't know. Maybe let's just try Fantastic Four one more time and see what happens. I'm just, just one saying, more time, then I'm we'll just stop. Saying, just Kevin one more Feige, again. One more. If Kevin Feige had his little paw on the on the Silver Surfer, it might work. That's all I'm saying. Mm, uh, maybe. And okay, what we think of as superhero movies is so wild because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, obviously the answer is just like things based on comic books, but like, in what? In what narrative way is Guardians of the Galaxy a superhero movie? Like, what yeah. traits does Guardians of the Galaxy share with a superhero mm-hmm. as, a, as an idea? It's like, a, nothing. As a Infinity Stone? <laughs> I guess. But it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Costumes, vigilantes, superpowers, yeah. like none of that. Costumes, Zero for three. Yeah, I don't know. That's like a mm-hmm. huge movie. That tricked people into thinking that they like superhero movies because it's just a fun sci-fi movie yeah. with a team. Yeah. It's a team sci-fi. <laughs> and it's based Ooh. off a comic and that's what it was. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, do a, you want to do our, do you want to do our pluggy plug? I'll, I'll oh, plug, yeah, but I just want to say that. Like people need to chill out, you know, like superhero movies, they're different and they're good. I think just and as like a things. society, we need How to stop How come people to didn't go to everything? see this movie? They, they're not going to see it. You should go see it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Go to the movies. Oh, they've it's, been they've been burned before. I don't blame them. But no, do I'm this telling one. you right it's now. Good. Go to you should see it. And I'm also telling you to follow us on Twitch. We're trying to get affiliate. We need 50 followers. You should follow us on Twitch. You can also follow us on Twitter at No Nerds Pod. You can follow Adeline at Hollaback Horse. You can follow Jackson at Jepperpack. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Nerds Allowed. Post uh, an upload of this if you missed out, or you just want to hear us riff again. One more time on, yeah, on, on my game. my King King Shark, because I know that we all agree that King Shark is the best character in this movie. You dropped this king. Uh, yeah, did I miss any? It's Follow Jackson on TikTok. Probably don't. Join I don't our think Discord. I'm doing that <laughs> okay, Jackson's done. Don't follow him on. TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking delete, about delete it. Him on I'm reevaluating some things. <laughs> also, if you're new, you should join our Discord. It is the link is in our bio or the description or something, uh, and we just have a fun little community there. We talk about cool stuff. We talk about trailers that drop. We talk about fruit, and we talk about lots of other stuff that uh, you know the. That are, uh, the mainstream might call nerdy, mm. but we call a good time. Yes. Uh, and that is all I have. Those are all of my plugs. So would you guys would you guys like to uh, hear a one star review of Indulge. the Suicide Squad? One no, starro review. Uh, th- one starro. Uh, this review comes from Letterbox.com, and this person says, "This was so annoying. It could be a TikTok." Oh, Zig! Oh, oh, Gotti! Oh, 
got him. Could have been a TikTok. Oh, sit down, Jackson. Delete your TikTok. This was a sign from the universe. Get rid of my TikTok. Get out of there. It's all coming down around you. Z, Gen Z. Get it. That's it. Anyway, my name is Jackson McRoy. My name is Adelaide McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. And this has been The Nerd Nerds Allowed. You almost stuck that landing. I was going to say The Nerd Nerds Allowed. You almost stuck it. You almost soon as you did it. You sure did.